This is the Rational Perspective. I'm Alec Hodge. In this episode, America's trade war against China gets real. Most analysts have discounted the prospect of a trade war between Donald Trump's America and China's Xi Jinping. Even when high-level talks broke down in May, Trump's threats were interpreted by most as a massive bluff in a high-stakes poker game. He seemed to believe that China would definitely back down, make the required reforms, and the world would get back to business. Those hopes have now been dashed. The world woke up this morning to news that from next week, roughly half the 500 billion US dollars in goods which America imports annually from China will cost 10% more. And unless there's breakthroughs in the talks during the next three months, that tariff will jump to 25%. China's richest man, Jack Ma, this morning told a packed CGTN conference in Huangzhou that the trade war is indeed for real. But typically, for the super entrepreneur, he tried to put a good spin on it. We need to have a long-term preparation. It's impossible to get over this trade war in two months or two years. It's going to be a 20-year long-term preparation. We believe that the trade war will create a tough situation for small and medium enterprises, but I also believe that among the difficulties, a number of outstanding enterprises will rise. They have to perfect their own jobs as 20 years is long enough to form any enterprise into the future. Another Alibaba or Amazon. Alibaba is only 19 years old, after all. And if you still doubted how serious this is, listen to the former EU Trade Commissioner Peter Mandelson describe it. What is being threatened here is not some dispute or spat. We're looking at quite treacherous waters here which could considerably destabilize global economic confidence and threaten a future recession. So the end of the trade war's phony stage and the beginning of the real conflict is bad news, especially for emerging markets like South Africa. For 10 years, developing countries have benefited from tailwinds of quantitative easing and expansion of China's economy. Those breezes have reversed. Liquidity is being sucked back out of the system, and this trade war is sure to hurt Chinese economic growth. So what the heck is Donald Trump thinking? That's a question that's baffled 95% of the world's population. But for Trump and his cohort, it's all completely logical. Here's the Trump insider, Steve Moore, who's a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation and was an economic advisor on the 2016 presidential campaign. I've made this case many times that this is a risky strategy that Trump is engaged in with respect to trade. Uh, I, I'm on record as opposing the auto tariffs, I think those are a bad idea. I think the steel and aluminum tariffs probably cost America more jobs than they gain. Uh, but I think most Americans agree with Trump that China is a big, big problem on the international scene, uh, that they are a bad actor, that they are an enemy, not a friend of the United States, and they've acted as such with their hostile actions on trade. They, they cheat, they steal, they're building up their military, and these are things that we can't continue to live with. And so I think 
Trump's view, and I sort of share this view, is we either we're going to have to confront China now or we're going to have to confront them at a, a time in a later day when when they may be in a stronger position. If there's ever any ever a good time to confront China on trade, it would be right now. We have a booming economy, and China's is receding. They've their stock market's fallen by twenty percent, and I think Trump is really playing that that uh, that card right now. Do you support the tariffs on China then? Uh you know, I, I think that we – I don't really see any alternative. And by the way, you know, I think that the, the strategy has to be, you know, let's get Mexico done, which we've done. We've got a trade deal now with Mexico. We're going to get a trade deal with Canada, right? We're going to – it looks like we're well on the way to getting a pretty good deal. Trump has gotten some concession for the Europeans. And so now it looks like China is increasingly isolated. And I think Trump is in a stronger position today than he was, you know, Peter three or six months ago when he was picking a trade fight with everyone at the same time. Um, so, look, it's a hard question. Do I support these? What I support is getting really tough with China. And I support uh, and, and Trump cannot back down here, nor, nor can the United States. We have to we have to force China to change their ways. And I think the American people are. You know, and then by the way, this is going to cost Americans money, right? If you go to, uh, you know, if you go to Walmart and buy things that are made in China, they're going to be more expensive. Cell phones are going to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, there's going to be some retaliatory actions from China. So I'm not, I'm not making the case this isn't going to come out, with, come without some pain. I think it's Peter short-term pain for potentially real long-term gain in terms of a fairy, uh, a fair deal for the United States. I take your point that uh, you say the president shouldn't back down. You call it short-term pain, but could it turn into long-term pain if, as we are seeing from China, they're not backing down either? Well, that's the question no one knows the answer to, right? I mean, I think the ball is clearly in Beijing's court. Uh, I think that they are in a bit of a panic in Beijing. They don't quite know how to deal with Donald Trump because, uh, as Peter well knows, you know, this has been a change in American trade strategy from the way we've operated for the last 40 years, where we've been the country offering the olive branch of lower tariffs. And now Trump comes along with this billy club and saying, we're going to beat you over the head unless you start, you know, behaving. And, and you know, what Trump wants is, is reciprocity. He wants a level playing field. And frankly, we don't have that with China. I mean, I'm not hung up on the trade deficit. Trump is. But it is pretty alarming that we buy $500 billion from them a year and they buy $150 billion from us. They're going to have to buy more of our stuff. You know, they're going to have to buy more of our wheat and our soybeans and our blue jeans and our bourbon and our manufactured goods and petroleum goods, and, and they should. Steve, we hear so many different conflicting voices on trade in the administration. Who do you listen to? Who should we listen to? You should listen to, well, look, first of all, you should listen. If you want to know where it's going, you should listen to Donald Trump because this is his baby, right? You know, and he obviously has advisors like Larry, my buddy Larry Kudlow, and he has advisors like, uh, you know, uh, Peter Navarro and, and, of course, Bob Lighthizer, the trade rep. But, you know, what I've discovered in talking to Trump a lot about trade is, is really this, he makes up his own mind about this. I mean, he listens to his advisors, but ultimately this is going to, you know, the direction of this is going to be decided by Trump himself. And having talked to him a lot about this, I mean, he he really does believe that China is an existential threat to the United States, and that they're becoming more mer- mercantilistic. They're becoming their human rights violations are becoming 
worse. They are moving away from freedom, not in the direction of freedom as they have been for the previous three decades. Uh, it's a problem, it, and and I think Trump wants to alleviate it. And incidentally, you know, this was one of the central promises that he made to voters in states like Ohio and Michigan and Iowa, Wisconsin. West Virginia, where I got to tell you, and I travel a lot with them. I mean, the American people, a lot of middle-class American workers, really think the China situation has not worked well for American workers. So there you have it. Trump believes China threatens the very existence of the United States, existential threat, as Moore put it. And as there has to be a showdown someday, best to do it while the U.S. is strongest. We can't say that we haven't been warned. This has been a consistent theme from the day the new administration took office. What Moore shares with us now is that the U.S. has finished its negotiations with other trade partners, Mexico, the EU, Canada, Japan, and it's ready for the big fight. But what does this 10% soon and 25% uh, in January tariff mean for Americans themselves, the very people on whose behalf Trump has gone to war? The high-profile economist who called the 2008 global financial crisis, NYU economics professor Nouriel Roubini, visited the Bloomberg surveillance studio to share his perspectives with Tom Keane and John Ferrer. And just like 10 years ago, he isn't pulling any punches. Well, it means two things. One is that any farmer selling soybeans or other products to China is going to face now massive tariffs, and therefore they're starting to hurt and complain. And two, as a consumer, think of it, if you impose a 25% tariff on 500 billion of imports from China, that's like tax of $125 billion a year on the U.S. consumer. It's a massive tax increase, $125 billion. So it hurts the consumer, it hurts the producer, and it makes the U.S. economy worse off. It's a disaster. Do you think the consumers understand that they are the individuals paying this? Well, he's saying China is paying the tax in the same way we say that Mexico is going to pay for the wall. That's nonsense because once you impose that tax, what's going to happen is that the price of imported goods from China to the United States is going to go up mostly by the amount of the tax. Now, it could go up by less than the amount of the tax if the Chinese cut down the dollar price of their goods, and there'll be some impact of that. But most of the impact of a tariff is imposed on the importers. This is the U.S. consumer. It's as simple as that. It's $125 billion tax on the U.S. consumer, on the U.S. household, and it's the most regressive tax of all because those consumer goods are bought from China that you buy Walmarts that are cheap goods that allow you to have per capita income rising and your present right. power. So okay. it's a regressive tax. So not only is it tax, but it's a regressive okay. tax. It's the most regressive tax of all. Are you dragging the corn laws into the 21st century? Is that all we're doing? Well, effectively, it's the same thing. It's a protectionist. That protectionist might benefit at the margin some producers in the import computing sectors, but that's a very small number of people, but it hurts all consumers. Right. So the same workers as consumers are worse off, and anyone who is in an export-producing business, their jobs, their income, their profit are right. going to go down. So you're making worse off consumers and exporters for the benefit of a very small number of uh, essentially producer but, taxes on tires imported by china was estimated that yeah. the cost for every job that was saved in the tire industry US was a million dollar 
I mean, you can just give a subsidy to those workers and not impose that tax on all the consumers. So it's a tax that is totally distorted. Nuri, our final question. It's an important one. The Chinese behavior hasn't changed towards trade. It needs to change. That's an overwhelming consensus among economists that it needs to change. The objective of this administration is to get the Chinese to change. You're saying this is the wrong way. What's the right way? Well, it's the wrong way because they're going to retaliate. They cannot lose face. You want to control the rise of the power of China. The right way is to do it multilaterally, not just alone, but with Europe, Japan, and others who have complained about China, Mm -hmm. and do it in a way that you start negotiation and you put pressure on them. If you start unilateral tariffs, they're going to retaliate. And yes, they have a limit to how much they can retaliate on goods, but they can impose massive restrictions on hundreds of billions of dollars of foreign direct investment by Apple, GM, and hundreds of business they've done business well, in China. So they're going to hurt. They let their currency now weaken right. by 8%, and they could even eventually have the nuclear okay. option of dumping U.S. Treasury. So they have a wide okay. variety of options, and they take the long-term view. They don't have election in three months. No, so they can wait and play it out over the next two decades. There are sure to be some very practical consequences of this fight, especially for emerging economies. We've already seen interest rates ratcheted higher in Argentina, Turkey, Russia and Brazil as the central banks of those countries try to defend falling currencies. South Africans, we believe, won't be spared. When elephants go to war, it's always the grass that gets flattened. This has been The Rational Perspective. Until the next time, cheerio.